You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. We know he dreaded it by the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweated, as it were, great drops of blood. If there's any way this could pass for me, Father, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He was dreading the cross. And now here's Satan saying, you don't have to go that route. Take the shortcut and you can have it all now. And he pulls the same scam with people today. It's a scam. It's a satanic scam. Shortcuts are always a scam. I'm going to say it again. Shortcuts are always a scam. It's easy to think that it was easy for Jesus on the cross. Whether you believe he truly is the Son of God or whether he's just another holy man, the importance of the cross easily gets diminished. Today, Pastor Jeff reminds you to never forget the importance of Jesus' sacrifice. When he freely gave his life, it wasn't easy. When Jesus sweat blood before his sacrifice, it wasn't just a stunt. He was so concerned about the decision that he felt the weight of it. Rejoice in the freedom you have through Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Luke chapter 4 as he begins his message, Shortcuts. The context of the text is this. Jesus is about to launch his ministry. It's about to begin. And it's going to culminate in his death, burial, and resurrection. So he's about to launch. In in a short time, he's going to be out there casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, multiplying the fishes and the loaves, walking on water, doing all the miracles that he did, teaching like no man ever taught. So right before being launched, he's attacked. I've learned in many years of ministry that Satan attacks particularly at two time periods, before a great breakthrough and right after a great breakthrough. That's when he attacks. When you're riding high on a success, he attacks. Just before that prayer is answered, he attacks. So he's attacking Jesus to try to stop him from entering into the ministry that Satan knows is going to destroy him. And it's going to redeem all of us. So he's trying to derail him and stop him before he gets started. Satan knows the Bible. He knows it enough to quote it and twist it. He knows it better than a lot of Christians. Satan knows the Bible. Because in every one of these temptations, he quotes the Bible. Twisting it, which is what he still does today. He twists the word of God. Satan had an idea. He at least knew that the prophecies regarding Messiah in Scripture included the Messiah inheriting all the kingdoms of the world. That he would rule the world with a rod of righteousness. Satan knew that. He had to have known it because he's offering Jesus here what he knew was rightfully his as the Son of God. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said, guess what? I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you right now if you'll just worship me. That means not just worship the devil as a personality, but bow down to his ways, his way of doing things, to the world that he holds sway over. He was tempting Jesus to sell out to him. He's trying to stop him. 
And so he shows him what Jesus knows he's going to inherit once he does his ministry, dies on the cross, and rises from the dead. Then all the kingdoms, he's going to be Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He's going to rule all the nations of the world. Jesus is going to rule the world one day, and he won't be elected. I know this is a real revelation to some of us, but he's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's not a Libertarian. He is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and he's going to have a monarchy. He's going to rule over a monarchy. He will be king. And that's what's coming. And clearly, Satan knew that because he's trying to get him to do what I'm going to call, take a shortcut, to what was rightfully his as the son of God. Just bow down and worship me. Just bow down. You know and I know all the kingdoms of the world are going to be yours. Matter of fact, Isaiah prophesied, in the last days the Messiah will reign from Mount Zion in Jerusalem and the entire world will experience his peace. In Psalms 2, 6 to 9, David says the Messiah will reign over the very ends of the earth from Jerusalem. Psalms 22, David affirms again, the Messiah is going to be given dominion over the ends of the earth and he's going to rule over all the nations, all the nations, China, South Korea, North Korea, Asia, Israel, uh, Africa, the, to the furthest reaches of the world, um, the, what we call the landmass of America, all going to be ruled by Jesus Christ one day. Say, Jeff, do you really believe that? I absolutely believe that. I believe a virgin conceived and bore a son. I believe that same son arose from the clammy dead. Why would I not believe he can come back and rule the world? He will. He is. So in the second temptation of Satan, the devil offers him a way to make the kingdoms of the earth his own. And here's the deal, instantaneously. I can give it to you now, Jesus. That's the rub. That's the crux and the core of the temptation. I can give it to you now. All you got to do is worship me. All you got to do is bow down to my ways and the ways of the world that I hold sway over. You, you just got to sell out to the world and to me. You just have to cut a few corners and compromise a little bit. And I'll give it all to you now. The arrogance of the devil here just blows me away. That he would look God wrapped in flesh in the eye and say, just worship me. How arrogant. What brazen, insane arrogance. Now we see why the Bible says that it was pride that lifted Lucifer up. And caused him to say, I'm going to go and overthrow God and I'm going to be like God. Pride has been his problem. Pride was the first sin to stain God's universe. And look at the pride here. Just worship me, son of God. Wow. No need. Here, here's, here's what he's intimating. No need for the painful cross. Uh, no laborious preaching, Jesus. Just think about it. You don't have to go through all the preaching, the persecutions, the rejection of men. No suffering is necessary. I'm giving you a pain-free route to your inheritance, and I'll give it to you now. Take a shortcut. 
The kingdoms of the world will be yours instantly. So just, just worship me. All you got to do is bow to me, bow to the devil. And everything that that entails, his ways, his thinking, his ways of doing things. This is a diabolical temptation, but our Lord saw straight through it immediately. But I want you to catch that the devil is a devil of shortcuts. The bait that Satan is dangling before Jesus in this second temptation is the offer of a shortcut to God's will. A shortcut to what Jesus knew was rightfully his anyway. I'm giving you a shortcut around the cross. I'm giving you a shortcut around the rejection and suffering. I'm giving you an escape from all the waiting and all the sacrifice that you're going to have to do if you go God's way. In short, a quick, easy, pain-free route to God's will. I'm offering it to you now. Now, as I pointed out in the first temptation, Satan appealed to Jesus' flesh. The lust of the flesh. He's starving. He's been without food 40 days and nights. So he says, turn these stones into bread. Notice, he swooped in when Jesus was weak, and he played upon his flesh. The lust of the flesh, John said three things are in the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Satan hits him with the lust of the flesh. Turn the stones into bread. Come on, you know you can do it. If you're the son of God, prove it. Jesus saw right through it, and he rejected it. And and it's interesting to me, in in the second temptation, it's not the lust of the flesh, it's the lust of the eyes. The Bible says, he showed him. That's sight. All the kingdoms of the world and their glitter and glamour and allure, he showed them in a moment's time. He said, you see all that? This can all be yours. All you got to do is take a shortcut and worship me, sell out to me. Painless shortcut to Jesus' rightful inheritance as the Son of God is what he offered him. Now, this is, this is nothing new. This highlights one of Satan's favorite tactics to offer a shortcut to getting something that should be obtained righteously by waiting patiently on God. So we have here, folks, the way the devil operates and the way God operates. God, more times than not, says, wait in faith, wait patiently, and I will take care of all your needs. Satan comes along and says, why wait? Take a shortcut, and you can have it now. Why wait? This is his sales pitch. Why wait? You can have it now, pain-free, no muss, no fuss, no waiting, no sacrifice. Uh, No painful cross, Jesus. Think about it. You won't have to go to the cross, which Jesus dreaded because he knew what it entailed. We know he dreaded it by the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweated, as it were, great drops of blood. If there's any way this could pass from me, Father, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He was dreading the cross. And now here's Satan saying, you don't have to go that route. Take the shortcut and you can have it all now. And he pulls the same scam with people today. It's a scam. It's a satanic scam. Shortcuts are always a scam. I'm going to say it again. Shortcuts are always a scam. Satan is saying to Jesus, sitting here starving, all you got to do is bow down to me, bow down to the flesh, bow down to the world, take a quick shortcut, 
And you can have everything that is rightfully yours now. The only problem is who it would have come from and how he would have obtained it. Now, the hidden hook, there's always a hook in Satan's bait. Amen? Always. If Satan offers you something, his job is to make wrong look right and bad look good. And he's really good at it. To make something look appealing and alluring and uh, legitimate and reasonable. After all, you have this need. God understands your need. So instead of having to wait on God forever in a day, take this shortcut and it can all be yours. The hidden hook in Satan's bait is that shortcuts always require compromise. Always. Compromise with God's word. Selling God's word short. Taking an end run around God's commands. And yet the devil still uses successfully this same old trick on Christians. Now why should he change his bag of tricks? They still work really well. Because he offers you and me shortcuts all the time to what we want, what we need, what we long for, what we're hurting for. He offers shortcuts. And, and without stopping to think about source of what we're being offered, where is it coming from? Who's the source of this offer? Uh, we take compromising shortcuts without really thinking it through. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out is because the Holy Spirit put this account of this second temptation in the Bible for you and I to learn from. Because Jesus was tempted in all points like us, yet he never sinned. He won every time. And he wants you and me to win. And, and so the only way that we can win like he did is to see how he handled it, how he saw through it, and how he got the victory over it. So I want you to notice that, that God wants to have the corner on the provision market when it comes to my life and yours. God wants to be our provider, amen? He doesn't want us to have to take shortcuts. He wants us to see him as our provider. Listen to what it says, Philippians 4.19. We all know this verse. My God, notice my God. Not God out there somewhere, but he's my God. Amen? Amen? So here's somebody who knows God, who is owned by God, who is a child of God. My God shall. Notice, not maybe, hope so, perhaps so, if so, he shall. What shall he do? Supply. What will he supply? All your need. All your need. My God, let's read it together. My God shall supply all your, let's make it personal, say my my God shall supply all my need. How? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now right there, we're being told that every legitimate need in our life, God will provide for it. God will. But, but what we do is we take compromising shortcuts because we grow tired of waiting we don't understand why God makes us wait. So we, we take shortcuts with finances. Well, I just won't report everything in my taxes this, this year. Little shortcut. Relationship needs. Oh, I'm just so lonely. I, I just need companionship. And here's this person, doesn't really know the Lord very much, not like me, but it's okay, I'll win him to Jesus later. So come on. And, and we go into relationship with somebody that, God didn't send because they don't know him. Now, I'm going to meddle a little bit because the word already meddled with me. 
Can I tell you something? If I go to a church service and the message doesn't meddle with my stuff a little bit, I consider that I didn't hear a good message. Amen? That's five people clapping. I really appreciate that. <laughs> now, sexual needs. God understands. If I get intimate with this person before I'm married, he understands. He's good with that because I'm only human. The need for acceptance from others. I need friends. I want people to like me. So I'm not going to talk about Jesus all the time. We take a shortcut. We take Satan's shortcuts. Let me tell you, the devil's a devil of shortcuts. Satan is a devil of shortcuts. He comes to you and me with shortcuts. It's so important we understand this. God wants to be our supplier. That's clear. He wants to be our provider. But the devil offers shortcuts. And often, he offers the shortcut right before God's provision arrives. He comes up with a shortcut. We want immediate gratification. Our flesh is not a fan of waiting. On God, in faith and in patience. I don't like waiting. I'm up here preaching, and I'm going to tell you, I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting in rush hour traffic. I don't like waiting at red lights. I don't like waiting in the long line at Albertsons. And the person way up there at the checkout counter, their card doesn't work and then they don't have enough cash or they got to go find the price of something and everybody disappears and I'm standing in this line. And I tried so hard to pick the fastest moving line. <laughs> I study the lines before I get in one. And I look at the one that's moving. I like seeing movement in a line. And so I'll stand there in Albertsons with my little cart full of stuff and I'll look and, and and I say, oh, that one's really moving. But as soon as Jeff Wickwire gets in it, it stops. <laughs> and something goes wrong. And, and I can't believe it. I'm looking at the line that I got out of to get into this one. And it's already all the way up to the front. And, and somehow I miss it. And I say, how can this be? I'm under a, a line curse. And then I realize that God may be saying, Jeff Wickwire, guess what? I did that because you need to learn to wait. Come on, everybody. Don't look at me with those halos over your head. And these days I have to be so careful because more and more I go out and people know me. And I don't know they know me until it's almost too late. Cindy and I were at a hamburger place last week. And we're in a line. And it gets up to the front. And we're trying to decide what we're going to get. And she said, well, I think I want this. And I said, okay, I want that. And we make this decision and we tell the guy, this is what we want. He said, are you sure, Pastor Jeff? <laughs> Uh-oh. And immediately I reassess: Was I being patient? Was I being kind? Was I being Christian? Yeah, boy. Somebody's always watching you. You say you're a Christian. They're always watching you. Well, let's see. We live in a culture of instant everything. We don't like waiting. And Satan knows that. He knows we don't like waiting. He knows our flesh doesn't get into waiting. We want instant satisfaction, instant pleasure. We don't like waiting. We use credit cards to get it now, even though the money's not in the bank. God will provide, we say to ourselves. We, we dash through Mickey D's instead of cooking. You know, Mickey D's, and now for those of you that are novices, that's McDonald's. 
McDonald's had a little commercial line that stuck like glue to our culture. You deserve a break today. Now notice they tell you, you deserve it. They're telling you, you being so incredible, so wonderful, so worth a break, you deserve to not have to wait. This is programmed into us. You deserve it. No, I don't. I don't deserve anything. I deserve hell if God didn't save me. Yeah. But here comes Mickey D's. You deserve a break today. And and that's a line straight from Satan. Well, why wait on God? You deserve it today. Why wait? Why go through all the trouble? You deserve this today. All you got to do is compromise the word a little bit. But God understands you're only human. You deserve it. You're so incredible, so wonderful, so awesome. You deserve the break. Commercial, especially, especially late night commercials, they push us all the time. You ever caught the typical phrases? Call right now. Not tomorrow. Not next week when you've had time to pray about what they're offering. Now, before you have had time to pray about it and think that it's crazy if you get it. Call right now. Act now. Limited time only. It's limited. You're not going to be able to get it next next week or tomorrow because it's limited. And our operators are standing by waiting for wonderful you who deserve this today to call now. Boy, the, the, the advertising world, they know our flesh hates waiting. So does the devil. The devil promises what God has promised to supply, but he promises to give it to us quicker. You just have to compromise. The devil's shortcuts to what God has promised to supply always require us skirting the word. As a matter of fact, you can know it's from the devil if you know I'm going to have to compromise Scripture to get this. What I'm saying could save your life. I'm all stressed out. I need to get out of this stress. I'm going to try that drug, or I'm going to go to the bar and have a few drinks, and on it goes, and on it goes, and on it goes, because you've got to get rid of that stress. God understands. God understands. You're stressed out. You deserve this. Why wait? Why bother with all the self-sacrifice? Why bother with waiting on God? Where is He anyway? You've been waiting a long time. Where is God? Has He heard you? Maybe He hasn't heard you. Aren't you sick of waiting? You deserve a break today. Take this simple shortcut. But you've got to bow to Him, and you've got to compromise Scripture. Jesus told the story of the prodigal son who clearly fell for the devil's lie and fake promises of a shortcut to personal fulfillment. He had it made in the father's house. He was an inheritor of a fortune. But the devil got to him and said, aren't you sick of sitting in the father's house? He tells a lot of people this about church. Aren't you sick of sitting in the father's house and going through this Christian thing? Don't you think it's time you deconstructed and rethought this faith thing? And there's other gods, other ways, other paths, other options, other philosophies, other worldviews. Why don't you try them out? Isn't the father's house getting kind of boring? So this son went to the dad and said, I want my inheritance now. The Bible says an inheritance gotten hastily will not be blessed in the end. When life presents an easy way out, 
How do you respond? Do you jump at the chance without a second thought? Or do you keep your witness intact? In today's message from Pastor Jeff, he showed you the importance of maintaining your humility and keeping your heart pure. The more you cheat, the further away from God you'll find yourself. Grow in your connections to Him and forget about the world's pressures of success. Stay the course for God's gospel. Here's Diane with some more info about Hardwired. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to support us in this ministry. All you have to do is go to our website and find the Donate tab. It's that easy. When you give $20 or more in December, we'll send you a 2024 calendar as a thank you. That website to donate again is hardwired.org. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today. Before we go, Daniel has more to tell you about what's ahead on Hardwired. For most of us, we're taught to take opportunities by the reins and always seize the day. Whether that's through hard work, being in the right place at the right time, or knowing the right people, we never stop trying to progress in life. Next time on Hardwired, Pastor Jeff reminds you of the importance of remaining committed to God's plan. Instead of trying to find your own way, let Jesus take your hand and guide you to being the person you've always wanted to be. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of Luke next time on Hardwired.